You're welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Today I want to share with you on generosity. Glory to God. Ever say generosity. Um, let me start by calling it understanding generosity. Understanding generosity. You know, um, if you're not willing to learn, you will never experience growth spiritually. Another word for growth is learning. Growing is learning. Another word for growing is what? Learning. Especially concerning spiritual things. The popular Matthew 11 from verse 28 or thereabout. He said, Come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Verse 29. I want to read 29. Take my yoke upon you, and what? Learn. Everybody say learn. Say learn. And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Meaning that there is a rest you will find in God when you start learning. Glory to God. So I want to talk to you about understanding generosity. Our opening scripture is Second Corinthians 9 verse 11, the message translation. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, I would like you to help me with the, I don't know if you're going to have it, the Passion Translation. You know, um, I would like to read the entire 7 Corinthians 9 from verse 1 in that particular uh, translation. The Passion, TPT. All right, I'm coming there. So after reading this, I'll come there. Let's read together. I want to go. Wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. Let's read it again, please. Wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. I'll give, you some, I'll give them time for them to get the scripture, but let me... Because I want to read the context. I want you to catch um, what the communication was. What were they saying before they came to verse 11? Hallelujah. All right, but I want to read it in that particular translation because it will really bless you. All right. Are you with me now? I'm going to read from verse 1. I was, I'm going to read 1 to 11 in this TPT. So I don't know how you will grab the. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to read from verse 1 to 11. Praise the Lord. Thank you. All right. Follow me now. This is Paul writing to the Corinthians. And then he says, actually, there is no need to write you about this contribution for holy believers in Jerusalem. Verse 2. For I already know that you are on board and eager to help. I keep boasting that the churches of Macedonia 
to the churches of Macedonia about your passion to give. Everybody say passion to give. Passion. All right. That means they, they, they had a passion to give. He said, I keep boasting about your passion to give, telling them that the believers of Corinth have been preparing to give for a year. Your enthusiasm is contagious. It has stirred many of them to do likewise. Hallelujah. Still, I thought it would be best to send these brothers to receive the offering that you have prepared so that our boasting about how you were ready to give will not be found hollow. For if after boasting of our confidence in you, some of the Macedonians were to come with me and find that you were not prepared, we would be embarrassed to say nothing of you. Verse 5. That's why I've requested that the brothers come before I do and make arrangements in advance for what? The substantial offering you pledged. Then it will be seen as what? A matter of generosity and not under pressure as something you felt, felt forced to do. Do you get that? Verse 6. Here's my point. Read this one with me now. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest. But the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Verse 7. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment, and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. We're going to verse 11. Just as the scriptures say about the one who trusts in him, because he has sown extravagantly and given to the poor, his kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. Read with me now. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. First, he supplies every need, plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. And verse 11, which is the last one to go, you will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion for when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. Hallelujah. Did you get that? All right, let me explain. So what, what is generosity? Now, when we say generosity, I know what comes to your mind. Giving is what comes to your mind, right? But generosity is not just giving. It is giving liberally. Amen. It's not just giving. Generosity is open-handedness. Everybody say open-handedness. To be open-handed. You can practice giving without being generous. Are you with me? So, someone can give, but it doesn't mean he's generous. But every generous person gives. Amen. See, what we're bringing to your understanding 
is that God wants you to adopt that culture of generosity. The culture of generosity. So I'm trying to give definitions here so you understand it. Now, let me read out something to you. It will help in the definitions of generosity. Are you there? All right. Generosity is also a giving that is free from meanness or smallness of mind or character. Is giving that is free from meanness or smallness of mind or character. That means that someone can give with meanness. Someone can give with smallness of mind. That's not generosity. So you're giving free from meanness or smallness of mind or character. If you were looking for another big word, when someone is magnanimous, you say he's generous. So there are folks in the Bible that have shown us these examples, and there are believers today that don't understand what it means to be generous. They always give out of what we call religious duty. Amen? They give out of religious duty. It means that they say we should contribute. Praise the Lord. So we contributed. This contribution is getting too much. Are we together? Now, you see, this, there are people that have a contribution mindset even when they come into Christ. Because before they even got born again, maybe in their ethnic town unions or in their families, they're used to being levied. You know what it means, levy? You say, everybody, we have so-so coming on. Everybody must give. We need so-so amounts. So everybody must give this. I don't know how many of you know this. Um, I saw it in our university days. In our university days, we had some organizations that when they are raising money, they give cards to their members. Then they go around and tell you to give them something. Then they write your name and the amount. So this person will go out with his card and generate money. This person will go out with his card and generate money. I think maybe our organization never did it. Amen. It was a norm. We never did it. Praise the Lord. Because, listen to me. Um, there are some things you will hear today. I hope I will just have the time to share them with you. Glory to God. Don't give out of religious duty. The giving that is rewarded, the giving that provokes the supernatural, is a giving based on revelation. Hallelujah. Are we together? It's not a giving based on religious duty. If we don't do now, they will say we didn't do. If we don't give now, they will say we didn't give. No. See, 
you can start out as someone that gives out a religious duty, but part of your spiritual development and growth is that you come to a place where you break out of that kind of giving. And that's what Paul, in 2 Corinthians 9, from verse 1, was communicating to them and encouraging them. So, I was trying to give definitions of generosity. Let me not leave that. So, generosity means that you are giving free from meanness or smallness of mind and character. That means there are some people, they give, but they have small minds. They have small minds. It's not about how much they got. It's about how much they can release. Are you with me? So, you see someone, oh, you, you have seen, we've seen Christians. Let me ask you here. How many of you here have, if I ask this question, and it's supposed to be normal, to say, in the last five years, you've increased your giving every year. There'll be very few. But some of you, your income, your level of living, status, has increased in the last five years. Amen. But your giving has not increased. You know why? Because you don't understand generosity. Glory to God. So you have people that when they were students, they used to give a hundred naira. Now he's employed and he's working. His offering is still what? A hundred naira. You have people that when they contribute to causes, maybe someone is having an occasion, maybe there's a burial, a funeral, maybe there's a wedding or some, something, what they contribute, what they were contributing when they were youth coppers was 1,000 naira. Now the guy is assistant manager. When they say they have that contribution, it's still 1,000 he will give. Are you listening to me? Now, the issue is, he is not, he doesn't understand generosity. At least, he's not practicing it. Let me give you my definition of generosity. Glory to God. Generosity is heartfelt and handful giving. Amen. Are you listening to me? Generosity is heartfelt and handful giving. You know, the Bible talks about the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Your giving has to also be effectual and fervent, heartfelt. A lot of times, Christians don't understand the role that giving plays in their walk with God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Now, heartfelt and handful generosity is giving like god or christ like giving are you listening to me listen many of you don't give like god but you say you are a child of god hallelujah some christians sorry to say they give like satan Generosity is giving like God. 
Everybody say, giving like God. In Ephesians 5, it says, Be ye therefore imitators of God as their children. That means the way God generously gives. He doesn't hold back. He gives to give again. Amen. He doesn't give and count what he has given. He gives to give again. That's how the Christian is supposed to live. You give to give again. Hallelujah. If generosity is not taught, believers will never practice it. Generosity is a Christ culture. It's a Christ culture. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, let's go there. Acts 20, 35, KJV, amen. He said, please read with me. One to go. I have showed you all things how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he said, what? It is more blessed to give than to receive. Say that part again. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Listen. Jesus said, you know, the first thing in the school of generosity is the orientation. Everybody say orientation. You see, believers have to have the proper orientation about generosity. Some don't have the proper orientation. Christianity is founded on love. Everybody say love. Let me explain what I mean. Now, the reason why God did anything he did for man was love. And then he poured that kind of love, that quality of love in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Making it that we also, the reason why we do anything we're going to do will be out of what? Love. Nobody can practice generosity without the love of God. Amen. True generosity has its roots in love. So, whenever you see a Christian that doesn't practice generosity, they don't have the revelation of God's love. They don't have it. What does God's love? Listen, God's love is not, you know, there's, there's a way people approach the love of God. Now, God's love has an effect on the one that has received it. Are you with me? When you embrace the love of God, there's something it does to you. I will tell you two things the love of God does to you. Number one, it makes you selfless. God's love brings out, it makes you selfless. That's why you can say, you, you, you see Christians are praying. They're praying for another country that they don't even live in. You say, oh, our brother, brother A, is going to have, let's pray for him. And somebody will take out one hour. That's love. Nobody can be an intercessor without the love of God. Amen. The ministry of intercession rides on love. Some people cannot pray 30 minutes for anybody. They can only pray for their own problem. I have more problem than every other person. I have life, you know, because they don't know have the love of God. Amen. 
Are you listening to me? So intercession is a product of love that makes somebody pray. What makes someone carry his Bible? Who, who walk on the street looking for somebody to preach to? It's the love of God. The person he's preaching to is not going to give him money. He's not going to gain anything physical from the person. He's doing it because of the love of God. Am I communicating? Okay. So, it's selflessness. If someone is saying, hey, they will laugh at me if I go to... He's still self. He's teaching about himself. Evangelism, when someone stands up and goes out to win souls, regardless whether they will laugh at him or not, he's become selfless. Amen. Am I communicating? So, one of the ways to measure Christian maturity is how selfless you have become. Am I communicating? Not how many scriptures you are quoting. How selfless you have become. There are some people, they make you a leader over people. Okay? One, leadership is not about telling people what to do. Leadership is about being selfless so that other people can grow. Amen. Are we together? Yeah, it's selflessness that will make a pastor that at night, instead of sleeping, he's praying for the service. I'm preparing for the service. Am I communicating? Yeah. If the pastor is not selfless, he won't do that. And nobody can effectively pastor a church that will keep growing without selflessness. Amen. One of the greatest things that hinders generosity is selfishness. If you are listening to me today and you're not generous, it's just that you're selfish. You break out of selfishness. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm explaining to you what the love of God does to somebody. It makes the person selfless. The second thing the love of God does, that's the next level, is it makes you sacrificial. Amen. Are we together? Selflessness and sacrifice is what generosity rides on. Amen. Are we together? Selflessness and sacrifice is what generosity rides on. Do you know there are many Christians in our generation that don't know sacrificial living, sacrificial giving. They don't know it. They only know what they call convenient giving. Glory to God. Oh, 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 oh. Well, you know what convenient giving is? Well, you, 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 you give something and it doesn't touch, it doesn't scratch anything. Let me explain something to you. The supernatural, the supernatural is, there are several ways that we unlock the supernatural. Hallelujah. Did you hear me? There are several ways that we unlock the supernatural. You will say it's faith that unlocks the supernatural, but that faith is expressed through either a prayer, amen, a confession, there are acts that that faith has to be channeled through. Glory to God. And giving is one of the major acts, hallelujah, through which we channel our faith to the supernatural. And many Christians don't know that. I did a teaching some time ago. I was talking about how to gather your clouds. Amen. How to gather your clouds. And I was explaining, when I was talking about gathering your clouds, I was explaining that... Um, every Christian, you know what I'm talking about. You can have a friend, two of you go to the same church, but you're not experiencing the same thing. This one is just blessed. Woo! Glory! God is too much. Then I say, ah, where is God? Amen. 
Are we together? The other one is saying, where is God? Why? The cloud over this guy is even from the cloud over that guy. The Bible says, if the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves. That's why in the same city, it can be raining here and it's dry in the other place. Amen. Am I communicating? So, uh, that's not the teaching, but I just want to explain something. One of the things we said about gathering your clouds, we talked about prayer. Hallelujah. But the major other thing we talked about is what? Giving. Everybody say giving. And in Exodus, um, Ecclesiastes 11, when he was talking about um, gathering the clouds, the key thing he was talking about was giving. Maybe we should read it. Put up Ecclesiastes 11. Amen. Good. So follow it now. Um, uh, let me see verse 1 first. I want to see whether I'm reading before or after. Thank you. Verse 1. Read with me. Want to go? Read with me. Want to go? Cast your bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. You are the usher there. Stand there. Don't lean on anything. Read it again from verse 1. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Did you see that? Verse 2. Give a portion to seven and also to eight. For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. Verse 3. If the clouds, that means that he's connecting that thing you're doing to the clouds. Amen. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. Meaning that there's some connection between the clouds over your life and your generosity. Are you listening to me? In the scripture here in verse 1, it said, cast your bread. The scripture knows the difference between bread and seed. It will say bread and seed. See, generosity will make that after you've dropped your seed, you will touch your bread. You didn't hear me well. You didn't hear me well. We'll come to that. Uh, We'll get there. But let me just say this to you. If the believer does not understand that generosity is it's not just something God uses to extend his work on the earth. It's what God uses to increase you. Amen. There is a law at work that you can take advantage of. By the practice of generosity. So I started by saying the orientation. You must have the proper orientation. Ever say the proper orientation. To understand that generosity is instructed. But beyond that, you should catch the revelation of it. Jesus taught so much and also practiced generosity. Glory to God. He talked. He taught so much. Nobody in scripture taught about giving and generosity more than Jesus Christ. Hello? 
I said I'll give you all this, uh, as many scriptures as possible. So let's look at Matthew 6. I'll read 19 to 21. Amen. Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Read with me. Want to go? Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. Verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Some of you, your treasure is your clothes. You've never given beyond what you wear. Are you listening to me? Yeah. But you see, the practice of generosity makes that people that have understood generosity have given more than the quality of the things they use. Are you listening to me? Because I told you that selflessness and sacrifice is what generosity rides on. Someone asked me a question. He said, is there something like sacrificial giving in the New Testament? I said, if there is sacrificial living in the New Testament, then definitely sacrificial giving is a small part of it. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Have you not read in Romans 12, where it says, I beseech you of your brethren by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies. What? A li- that's sacrificial living. A living sacrifice. God owns me. What happened to the Corinthian church? He said they first gave themselves. Amen. Amen. Let me show you the scripture. 2 Corinthians 8. Praise the Lord. They first gave themselves. I'll just read um, verse 5. Let me read from 3. 3 to 5. I'll read it the KJV and NLT. For to bear to their power, I bear record, yea, beyond what? Their power. Everybody says beyond their power. Have you ever given beyond your power? Beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Keep going. Praying us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministry to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. NLT, start from verse 3. NLT, let me read it. NLT. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but what? Far more. And did it of their own free will. Are you reading the scriptures? They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gifts for believers in Jerusalem. Verse 5. Read with me. Want to go? They even did more than we had hoped. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. Glory to God. Are you listening to me? This talk about generosity. So, in sacrificial giving is trans-testament. Hallelujah. 
is a spiritual act. Even if you, an unbeliever does it, it provokes something. In the book of 2 Kings 3, we were told about a Moabite king. Listen to this story very well. The Moabite king was fighting against Israel. Israel is a nation. So Israel and the Moabite king had this war. Now, before Israel left, a prophecy had been given that they would win the war. Amen. So they went out by prophecy. As the war started, they were winning according to prophecy until the Moabite king changed the game. Listen to me, generosity can change the game for you. All right? So he changed the game. What did he do? He looked and there was, he saw that there was no way around. Let me just read the verse. 2 Kings 3.26 And when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too sore for him, he took with him 700 men that drew swords to break through even unto the king of Edom, but he, they could not. Next verse. Then he took his eldest son, a man that should have reigned in his stead. That's the next prince. The, the prince and the king apparent. Alright, the heir apparent. He said, he took him and offered him for a burnt offering upon the wall. That means that instead of me to lose the war, let me lose my king. Let my family lose his kingship. Are you understanding me? That's a deep one. Look at what happened. And there was great indignation against Israel. And they departed from him and returned to their own land. That means that the thing changed. Israel couldn't understand what happened. Why? A higher sacrifice. This is what those in occultism understand. And many Christians don't understand. If an unbeliever makes a deeper sacrifice, he will have a greater result than you that is speaking in tongues. I was sharing some time ago, and I was talking along these lines, and I said, you see, you are vying for contracts with an unbeliever. You say, man of God, Lay, lay hands on me. I want God. They say, how much is the contract? Ah, they said that they will pay us in two tranches. The first one is 450. The second one is 280. All right? So 450 plus 280, sir, is what they will give us for the job. Wow, great, 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 great. Then you put 6,000 naira in an envelope. Amen. For 450 million naira contract. Amen. And say, this is my seed. The other man that is bidding for the same contract, he has gone to the office. He has bribed all the officials. He has given three different people one, 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 one million. Amen. When the contract comes out, we will share the money. That's one. He said, but Oga, you know, the, the top, top boss is, in, is really involved in this. We don't know whether it will work. He goes spiritual. He starts looking. He has two wives. Which one do I love the most? Amen. He takes the newest wife, amen, and takes her a picture somewhere and says, I sacrifice her for this contract. In essence, the wife's blood will start coming out from her mouth, and then she will die. He will get the contract. A man that killed his wife to get contract, you are giving sisters and I to get. You are... What is that sister and I compared to human blood? Are you understand what I'm saying? It is what many Christians don't understand. How to engage. Listen to me. The kingdom of God 
requires passion. Amen. Are you understanding me? There is, see, strength of desire. I ever say strength of desire. You can come for a meeting. Listen, you know, I, I, I preached for many years. So, there were days where I used to be concerned about how brethren behave, how they receive. But I've passed that level. Amen. All right? You know, it's not, I'm as anointed as anybody can be anointed. But you are, your desire is what will determine how much this anointing will help you. Are you understand what I'm saying? Are you get what I'm saying? No, and I, I, I brag not, I'm not boasting. But let me say something to you. You've not even drawn a quarter of what God has put inside me. You know why? Because of the quality of your desire. That's why you see people that will come, you know, you meet them for the first time. For the first time. It's the way they approached. They understood that, listen, this thing is my help. Even Jesus Christ, read your Bible. The woman with the issue of blood. Jesus was walking in the midst of people. There were many other people that were sick. Hey, hey Jesus, somebody follow him, Jesus, with one leg. Jesus, thank God, they are here, Jesus. Somebody follow him, one leg. Are you understanding me? Oh, wow, see the man, see the man. Ah, you know, follow him. This woman said, if I touch the hem of his garments, I'll be made whole. She didn't come to just follow. She came with a strong desire. People were touching Jesus, but when she touched him, he knew somebody touched him. Who touched me? He said, everybody's touching you. What do you mean who touched you? No, so you don't understand this touch. There's a touch. If the person pulled virtue from me, the person pulled virtue, that means something left Jesus. Zoop! Amen. And she was healed. There are other people that might have had worse cases or smaller cases that did not receive anything. Why? Their desire. Now let me channel this desire to what I'm saying. It's the same way there are a lot of believers that don't understand. Listen, when they say, when a juju priest, some of you can relate more with juju, so let me use it to explain to you. When, when a juju priest tells you to go and bring somebody you want to kill, he says, go and bring their shoe. What makes it work? <laughs> Listen, he cannot do anything if you don't bring something from the person. Are you listening to me? He can't do anything. Do you know what that thing is? Is to show the strength of your desire. He might tell you, can you bring a strand of the person's hair? He might tell you, can you, can you, can you shave hair from his back? Now, if you are able to go and do that thing, you really want him dead. <laughs> are you understanding me? That's what, that's what he's looking for. Is that your desire? Your desire is a substance in the spirit. It's raw material. Let me say raw material. Your desire is a raw, is a raw material. He needs it. To achieve that thing he wants to achieve. And that's the thing that Mark eleven twenty four was saying. What things soever you desire. A lot of Christians don't have desires. And so even in their giving, their givings are not heartfelt. Listen. There are times when we come into the presence of God, we just give God a worship offering. Alright? Because we were in the presence of God. But you have to have regular seasons in your life where you make sacrificial givings to shift and change your environment. Listen, there is no believer in Christ 
that can experience supernatural prosperity without sacrificial giving. Amen. Hear me very well. All right? You know, you can prosper because you have, you, you can be doing well because you have a good job. Oh, you read in school, you had a 2 one, you have a good job. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that you are a technician in that company. You're a technician in that company. They employed you with 60,000 naira a month. That's what they employed you with. But now you started engaging the supernatural. They now said, look, you be the head of the entire project. And in this project, they're going to be paying us 500,000 every month for the next 12 months. Those things don't just happen by chance. You have triggered something. The clouds are full. Amen. In such a way that after the 12 months, you will never go back to that 60,000 again. In that 12 months, as you were engaging on that project and doing that, you will meet somebody that will say, you really want to handle this project, please. We, 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 we are a Russian firm. We are trying to set up something somewhere in the north. We want somebody like you to handle it for us. Can you come and handle it? We'll put you on 1.2 million every month. Your life has changed forever. It was 60,000 you were engaging. Those kind of testimonies come from sacrificial giving. You, you know, there are some testimonies you will hear, you will be doubting. You'll be questioning whether, eh, are you sure? Those kind of testimonies is those kind of givings. It's not the one that, hey, you will dance, 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 scatter the place, then bring out 15 naira and drop. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not sacrificial dancing. It is the, <laughs> amen. 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 When you see Christians that have stayed on one level for too long, they are not engaging. Amen. Did you hear me? When you see, you know, listen, there's growth though, and there are levels. And you can be here for one year, then you moved here. You can be here for another one year, then you move here. It's normal. But you see someone, five years, he's still here. He didn't go backward, but he's just still here. Check closely. They are the people that are always giving safely. Safe giving will keep you in safe zone. Amen. Are you understanding me? They're always giving safe. Oh, well, let's calculate this thing. There's a project coming up. Let's calculate this thing. Uh, if I remove one, aha, uh-huh, aha. Uh-huh. Are you Safe giving. <laughs> Amen. I've not read the scripture. It said, There is the scattered. Yet increase it. There is that withhold it more than is necessary. And it tended to poverty. See, embrace generosity in your life. There's some testimonies you will hear from somebody. You say, how did it happen? How did it happen? Or someone say, hey, I heard he juice from someone that told another person. He say, hey, that church, they bought an SUV for their pastor. Wow, wonderful. Do you know how many cars I've given? In cash and in kind. Amen. 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 That, my giving is aeroplane that I'm expecting. Amen. I appreciate the SUV, but I you understand what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Because you don't understand. There are some things we've done over the years. And you're not losing hope. We, we, at one time, I called my wife. They, we were using um, two cars, and then I said, this car is supposed to go. I just saw that she had not released it in her heart. I left it for a while. Then I said, the car is, I have no, and I told her, this car is going to social person. She was just looking at me. Said, okay. She's, for whatever reason, she didn't release the car immediately, 
or the car was not released immediately, and then whether they scratched the car or something happened, I say, you see, it was supposed to go. Then we fixed it, put it together, praise the Lord, and sent it out. You know, when we sent it out, nothing dramatic happened. Are you understanding me? Nothing dramatic, but that was what, God, what was in our hearts, to give out the car. And we're giving that to someone that had never had the car. It was, we changed the person's status. And then there will be quiet moments. When a corn of wheat falls to the ground, it will die first. Allow it. We were giving. Oh, this person wants to buy a car. Put money together. Let's send here. Oh, give this one. That amount. Give this money. So, that's sacrificial giving. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? That's sacrificial giving. In our former venue, we were supposed to start building to set up this structure. At that time, too, I had two other cars. And I was praying about, Lord, see it, see it, see it. And Lord said, you start it. How? This Toyota Corolla has to go. So I said, even if it has to go, we need the money like this week or so. If it has to go, well, how long will it take to sell it? He said, are you the one that will sell it or I will sell it? I said, okay. That same day, I thought of it, the next day, someone came to carry the car. They paid immediately. Amen. All the money was put to put something on the ground. All of it. A dime was not used for anything. One naira was not used for anything. Are you understanding me? That's sacrificial giving. Some of you cannot even give your shirt. If the button of your shirt falls in church, you will look for it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Lift your right hand and say, In the name of Jesus, I receive the spirit of generosity. I yield to the influence of the spirit of generosity. Glory to God. Listen, generosity attracts generosity. Amen. The level of generosity you are experiencing is a function of the level of generosity you are practicing. Jesus, that's what Jesus said. My time is up. Jesus said, the measure with which you meet out is the same measure. What he's trying to say is that some of you, you give, you don't give with two hands. You give with one hand. That's why you always receive with one hand. Anything they want to give you, only one hand can collect it. Are you getting me? Then there are those that give with their hand and their body. You know, just like your pocket, you, you need your hand and your body to support it, to pour. That's how you also receive. Is the measure. Are you understanding me? So generosity attracts generosity. People have just woken up and decided that, ah, um, they just want to make the man of God happy. Eh? I've done that to people. Praise the Lord. I've done that to people several times. 
Glory to God. I've turned that to people. And so, I'm not surprised to experience that. Are we together? Yeah. I heard a man of God was coming to town. But someone said, oh, this man of God is coming to town. I said, okay, I will pay the hotel bill. I'm not involved in the program, but I will pay the hotel bill. So okay. And that's how also we've been to places and someone also will pay the hotel bill. Amen. Are we together? Someone will pay the hotel bill. I know that some of you, when we talk about favor, favor is simply generosity in your direction. Are you understanding me? Are you getting what I'm saying? Generosity in coming in your direction. That's favor. Do you know, naturally, men are stingy. Do you know that? Naturally, naturally, people are stingy. Selfishness is natural. It takes God to break selfishness. So if somebody walks up to you to give you something of value to them, you know that something happened to them. Praise the Lord. Am I communicating? You will know that something happened to them. My prayer for everyone hearing me today is that you will embrace generosity. You will practice it more than ever before. It becomes, don't just do it, don't say, okay, now, because say, hey, okay, what will I give to the Lord now? No, 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 no. How will I start living? Amen. It's not just what you will give to the Lord. How will I start living? When was the last time you called someone to your house and just cooked for them to eat? Some of you are looking at me. Am I communicating? When was the last time you have only two wigs as a sister? Two. And you saw another sister that maybe she has an event coming up or her wedding or something is coming up. You took the best of your wig and gave to her. And you're not giving to her because somebody promised you they'll give you another one. No, 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 no. You don't even know whether you will get another one. But you just want her to have it. There are some people, they've never given their phone to the Lord. Though. That in short, the Holy Ghost cannot even... Me- you say, you, I, 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 me, I, I, the Holy Ghost cannot mention it to them. Oh. See, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't, Holy Ghost, hear me. Don't go there. They've never, the Holy Ghost has never told them. We used to tease. We teased the sister years ago. Many years back, we had convention. And she had one fantastic phone. At that time, the phone was awesome. Very expensive phone. You know, and all that. So we, used to, we were just laughing about the phone. Then one, we had the program. A convention, and so the power of God was moving, and the power of God came upon her. As she was falling under the power, she was making sure the phone doesn't fall. She held the phone so dearly and went under the power. You understand that? So, so, so a brother now I said, "This phone, are you? This phone is not supposed to. How you come? This phone survived this convention." Jokingly, but there was something he said. Are you sure the Lord was not whispering to you to drop it? She just laughed. Just a few. Days after he spoke to her, the phone got missing. She said, you know what she said? She said, actually, I was supposed to give it. Amen. <laughs> I was supposed to give it. I don't know why I just didn't give it. 
as, as I'm talking, there are some of you that say, Holy Ghost, don't tell me to give my phone, please. Don't tell me to give my phone. <laughs> Those are the fights you have when you are learning to yield to the Spirit of God. To Genesis. You'll be fighting those fights. But a time comes where, what's the Holy Spirit? The, what will the Holy Spirit ask me to give? I receive the car. If it tells me to give it today, I will give it. I will give it. And my, I will live a normal life. I will give it. Praise the Lord. It's, oh, give the car. to. So I will give it today. So, some of you cannot even say what I just said now. <laughs> Amen. You can say, if the Lord tells me to empty my account, I will do it. You can't even say it. You don't even want to think it. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. I blocked my mind. <laughs> Listen to me. As Christians, we save. You should save. But that thing I saved, if God says, bring all of it out and give, I will give it. Amen? In the ministry, we save. But from time to time, maybe we have something coming up. The Spirit of God will say, that thing you were saving, this is what it was for. In my head, that's not what it was for. And we will do that. But time and time again, God has shown himself mighty. Let me end on this note. John Avanzini, a great man of God, shared a story. He has a book titled 30, 60, 100 Fold Harvest. And then he was talking, he's a great minister, and he said that God taught him about the laws of harvest. And he had this encounter many years ago, but he came to Nigeria to have the encounter, actually. And he said, he's an American minister, he said, God told him two reasons why believers don't receive their harvest. Because he had this breakout of light in his room, and then God began to speak to him, that he wanted to give him a breakthrough ministry and give him a message for his generation about biblical economics. So two things he shared. Number one, he said the reason why many believers don't receive their harvest is that they don't give exactly what I told them to give. Did you hear what I said? God is telling you to give a million. You now decide that you want to make it 400. They don't give exactly what I put in their hearts to give. There are some of you in this season, in this month of December, there are things that God will put in your heart to release. Amen. Don't reduce it. Amen. Give what he put in your heart to give. The second reason he gave, he said many people sow without an expectation. Hallelujah. But the first one was a mention I want to talk about. A lot of times, believers don't do what the Lord put in their hearts. Do you know that some Christians that just believe that if they've given their tithe and give their offering, they have settled God. What is tithe and offering? I do worshipers give tithe and offering. Amen. What is tithe and offering? No. Listen, everything that you have, God gave it to you. Amen. Are we together? No, this is what I'm talking about is beyond tithes and offering. It's beyond tithes and offering. So take out tithes and offering mentality from your mind and embrace selfless and sacrificial giving. Everybody say selfless, sacrificial giving. Hallelujah. Embrace it. Embrace it. And you'll be amazed how you'll also attract generosity. Listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith faith or call us 
on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message, I'm big.